All right, if you're a guest today and this is your first time, we're in the middle of a series. This is part five. We've been working on improving our mental and emotional and spiritual health, our whole health, but a particular focus on our mental health, looking at different topics. Today's topic is about silencing our negative thoughts a really important topic that we need to jump into. I want to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to have us uh, watch and listen to a video. I will revisit this video at the end where we talk about next steps. So here it is on the screen that gives a good introduction for us today. If you've ever had a negative thought about yourself, I want you to listen for just a little bit longer. I saw a somewhat mesmerizing TED talk by a guy named Guy Winch and what Guy said and he explained very clearly is that we have systems for our physical self. We have systems to take care of our physical self. We do not necessarily have the systems to take care of our emotional self. So he gave an example and I think it's pretty clear. Every five-year-old knows that if you get a cut, you put a Band-Aid on it. They know you're supposed to brush your teeth twice a day. We know we're supposed to eat well. We know we're supposed to sleep. These are systems to take care of our physical self. It's more of a execution problem rather than a knowledge problem. I think it's easier to teach a cat to brush its teeth than my five-year-old. But what do you do when you do have emotional baggage? What do you do when you have thoughts that are depressive? What do you do if you feel alone? What do you do if you feel like a failure or that you're rejected or you're not worth anything? What, what do you do with thoughts that say, I feel unforgivable? If you get the courage to go to a friend and you say to them, here's how I'm feeling, is your friend even capable of telling you the right things? I tore my MCL about a year ago. I had no problems talking to people and saying, hey, what should I do? They had no problems talking to me and saying, go see a professional. No one said to me, walk it off. No one said to me, just pray a little bit more and it'll go away. They said, you need some help. You need to talk to someone. You need advice. Do we have those same mechanisms for our emotions? Well, here's what we need to know. Every one of us tells ourselves a story and we gotta figure out where that leads. But then we need to listen to our savior and figure out where that leads. Jesus in the shepherd on the mount, the good shepherd section in John chapter 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The father of lies is telling us many, many things, but Jesus tells us a different thing. And I want you to discover what millions of people have discovered. I want you to discover that when we hear the words of Jesus, we hear acceptance and we hear hope and we hear love and we hear companionship and we hear forgiveness. It's time we listen to a different story. It's time we have life to its full. So this week, just stick with us because tomorrow we're going to look at a case study for someone who I think who goes through the same processes that you go through when it comes to negative thoughts. All right, so we're, we're going to take a look at that little thought uh, with some steps at the end. Right now, I just want to <clears throat> start where we all are. We all have positive thoughts and we all have negative thoughts and we have thoughts coming at us all the time and we're going to try to figure out how to deal with those negative ones and get a hold of the positive ones today. But what maybe you don't know is that there, the, 
Neuroscientists have shown that our brains actually have a negative bias. I'm not sure why that is. Um, they have theories as to why that is, but our amygdala will respond to negative information in a way that it's stickier than positive information. And so we have this thing that takes place where the negative stuff hits us and sticks to us, it gets all over us, and we have a hard time you know, getting rid of that. And so negative thoughts become problematic, particularly when they become negative habitual thoughts. And there's a propensity for that to be easier to be developing a negative habit thought loop than a positive habit thought loop. So there's a negative bias that makes this very difficult to be healthy in this area. Forget the science. Let's just talk about our experience. If you had 10 compliments in one day, and then you had one criticism in one day, which one do you think about more? The criticism. That's where, that's where I go. And that's that negative bias. It sticks to us and then creates this loop for us in a greater way than the compliments do. And that's just weird, but it is. And it happens that way to us. It's also that way when it comes to the news. If they use a lead-in line about this good news thing that's coming next, they know and they've studied that that doesn't grab your attention as much as here comes this really horrible news, it's coming next, and hold on, and we wait to hear for the horrible news. And we disseminate and talk about and ruminate and think about the horrible news a lot more than that really juicy good news. We have this negative bias where it sticks to us and gets on us a little bit more than good thoughts. So we have to work intentionally to turn this around to live positive lives. And so if we want to be healthier and experiencing a, a better life, we've got to figure out how to deal with these things. So let's jump right in. Point number one is this, your thoughts have astonishing power over you. Your thoughts have astonishing power over you. Proverbs 4.23 says this, and I've chosen this particular translation on purpose, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Uh, a lot of translations will say guard your heart, but we know how the ancient people used the, the verb heart, guard your heart. We're also talking about your thinking. And so you have to be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now, we sometimes don't really believe that, but I want you to really believe that as we go through today. So a lot of people are just thinking thoughts are just like butterflies that flutter by, and they just kind of hit you, and it's like, oh, that's a nice thought, and then we got another fleeting thought that comes our direction. It's a, another butterfly. Oh, that's a good thought. But you know what? It's not all butterflies. Bats flutter by. And bats are creatures of darkness. Now, I know some of you know the truth that bats are valuable and God created them and blah, blah, blah. This is an illustration. It's a great metaphor because butterflies are creatures of the light and bats are creatures of the night. And in the darkness, bats, they will find the attic. Right? And roost there. 
And if you don't figure out a way to oust those bats and evict them from your attic, they have a lot of friends that they'll go and get in the night. And they start just gathering there and gathering there and they drop a ton of guano and it stinks, (laughs) all right? And so we've got to get to this place where we understand that we're not just talking about fleeting thoughts that don't affect us. Here's what we do. We fill our minds with those feel-good things that we think make us feel good for a time, but not everything that makes us feel good are butterfly thoughts. There are feel-good movies filled with bats, and these bats are ideas, philosophies, thoughts that stick and roost and shape you. And so when you're watching stuff that all feels so good because the music says this is good, Ooh, that bat gets stuck in there. You're going to start to shape your life with a creature of darkness that roosts and gets a hold of more friends and shapes your life. And it's a very dangerous process because we are totally shaped by our thoughts. Here's an old saying, so old that a lot of people quote it and nobody knows who says it. Sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. It all starts with our thoughts. We have to be very careful about our thoughts, and there's a proactive side to this being very careful, and there's a reactive side to this being very careful. What do you do once you have these negative thoughts, and these negative thoughts are actually stuck on you, and you have these negative thought loops that are your negative bias that now are shaping your life? What do you do reactively? And then how do we keep from that happening so we can be proactive as well? Here's a more modern thought on the screen, a body filled with junk food struggles to move well, a mind filled with junk thoughts struggles to think well. Great quote from James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. It's not in his book. Uh, We got it on his email thing on a Thursday on that date. Anyway, um, we're going to jump into what Paul has to say about a strategy, a battle plan. He uses a very aggressive language, calling this, this whole thing that we're dealing with today as a battle. It's everybody's battle. It's a battle of your, of your mind. And if you lose this battle, it, it takes you down fast. Negative thoughts just cause you to go... <laughs> you ever been there with a negative spiral? <laughs> Everybody around you knows you've been there. Right? And, and you, you're busy processing, why am I here? How did I get here? What happened? And, and this is the kind of thing that we've got to figure out how to deal with. So here's what Paul had to say in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, He's talking about weapons. He's talking about strongholds. Stronghold is another word for fortress, okay? And you've got to demolish this fortress, but in the next verse we're about to read, he's describing this fortress that is created in your mind. It's a stronghold of thoughts that now has a grip on you. It ends up being a fortress that's battling and arguing with God in his thoughts. 
and that we have a propensity with these negative thoughts to have a stronghold, a fortress that's against God. We may not know it, but our literal thoughts are arguing with God and truth because of the negativity that's lodged there in our thinking. Easy way to get a hold of this idea is a stronghold is a fortress. A stronghold is called a stronghold because it has a stronghold on us. Got it? And it's a fortress against what God is trying to get through to us, and we busy argue with God with our thoughts, even when we do not know it. So let's take a look at the next verse as he describes it. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay? Bad thoughts are strongholds, fortresses with strongholds on our thought life. Now, let's take this phrase that I did not underline or highlight here, these arguments that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Last week, the topic was worry, okay? If you were here, great. I didn't say this last week, but every worry sets itself up as an argument against God's sovereignty, his care, his power, his ability to bring us into the future with his good plan, and we're basically arguing with him with every worry, okay? And it's a, it's a thought process that if we develop it firmly and it becomes entrenched in our way of operating, that it becomes an argument against the knowledge of God that his plan is good, even though our worry says it's not, etc., etc. So that's one kind of negative thought. But the negative thoughts fall all over the spectrum in every kind of way, so I want to just pick a different kind of, than one we've talked about last week. So another example is... Here's a thought, and it just comes into our brain, and we might even say it to ourselves, and it's something like this. I'm such a loser. Ooh. I'm such a loser. So something just happened, and we tell ourselves something that is an argument against God. It's a fortress in our thinking about who we are. Because God created us in the image of God, to bear his image and give glory to his name. We have incredible value. We are not such a loser. We are designed to bring glory to God and we have so much worth, eternal worth, that God thought that it was very important to send his own son to take on every mistake, every sin, into his own body on the cross and take it away from us so that we could be set free to be fully functioning, God-glorifying images of God, eternal beings. So every time you have this negative thought about yourself, I'm such a loser, or whatever the phrase is that your brain goes to, you are arguing with your God-created design. And it's shaping the way you think about yourself. I know we're not supposed to talk to ourselves, but we talk to ourselves more than any other person on the planet. (laughs) Because we're always thinking, right? So that's what we're talking about here. And it doesn't even have to be about yourself. You're driving along. They're such idiots! Uh Uh-oh, we've just argued with God about who he has created them to be, and we're arguing with God about their value, calling them idiots. 
And we, if some of us have negative thoughts that always are so black and white, we can go, they're such idiots. It's not even in traffic. It's just in traffic of ideas, and we lump everybody together, they, because of one, right? Those are negative tendencies with negative biases that shape us in a way that's shaping our life to be negative. And it's an argument against God. Do you understand how powerful this concept is that Paul is describing? We are all along with these negative thoughts. We're not just thinking thoughts. These are fortresses that argue against the truth of God. And the problem is we don't even recognize it because we don't know the truth of God. Okay? So we got to become proactive and reactive to these kind of thoughts. Paul says you must demolish these. Silence these bad thoughts. They hold us captive and create barriers between us and God. So, we looked at your thoughts have astonishing power over you, point number two, but you can take power over every thought. But you can take power over every thought. Again, here's the phrase, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You can do this, okay? You can take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How do we do this? I'm gonna try to make this as simple as I know how to make it. Step number one, think. (laughs) I want you to think about what you think about, which is something we don't often think about. (laughs) We just think. And we think that what we think is our own thought. And it's only coming from us and it's just kind of fleeting and it's no big deal, it's gonna go through, it's gone, it's just a thought. Hello, every thought is shaping you. No, it becomes a life. Think about what you think about, and that's the first important step. So ask yourself, what do you think about too much? What dominates your thoughts that you wish did not dominate your thoughts? Do any thoughts hold you hostage? Think about what you think about. So you might have to take some time to think about what you think about. You might think about what you think about with a pen. Okay? And begin to think about what you think about and write down the answers to these questions. What's dominating you? What's messing you up? The next time you go in a negative spiral, think about what you think about because it's not just the behavior. That life came out because what you're thinking about. Think about it. All right? Step number two, capture. Capture. Capture that thought. Is it a beautiful pollinator? A butterfly in the light. Is it a bat? Okay, creature of darkness. What is that thought? Capture it, investigate it, think it through. But the only way I know how to really capture, investigate, think it through is if you know truth. Okay? Because we got to capture it and take a look at it against something. All right, so lately... I've really been enjoying teaching my grandkids art. I've been doing this and tutoring them in art, whether they know it or not. They just think it's fun and games. Tutoring them in art from day one when they can hold something and put it to paper. And now we're at the stage where we're learning more difficult concepts, how to mix color, how to look at the color and and compare it to your reference. Here's a picture of Friday's activity with one of my grandchildren. 
who re remains unnamed at this point, just for her sake, and learning how to match color to the reference. She's doing a pretty good job matching color to the reference. It's a great place to start with art. Before you get real creative, get good at rep replicating so that you can get creative in a way that's really exactly according to the reference that you're aiming for, the picture that you're aiming for. When you're mixing the color of your thoughts, if you don't have a reference, you don't know what life you're actually trying to create. Because whatever thoughts that you mix together become your life, okay? And you want a beautiful portrait, a beautiful life that we're after. So think, capture, and... In art lessons, you gotta know the color wheel, you gotta train the eye, you gotta practice, 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 and it's very similar in the real world when you're matching your life to a reference, okay? What looks right may not be right, and you don't know it until you take that brush and hold it right up to the reference, yep, that's it, and then put it on your life. Get it? Simple until you try to paint a painting, right? It takes practice. It's simple until you're trying to correct the colors that are off. And then it takes more practice and you gotta get to be a really good student with your eye. What does Jesus really look like? What do I really wanna be, look like? And then begin to match to that and understand not the color wheel, but the wheel of life and your reference. So think, capture, and step number three, test. Think, capture, and test. So you got your brush. You're holding your brush with the mixed color against the reference. No, I need to add a little bit more light to this. It's too dark. Oops, this is a little bit too brilliant. I need to add its complement to dull it down a little bit. And understanding the theory around these thoughts and the theory around these truths and understanding the author of truth. So you have to have a reference. So here's a really good reference, Philippians 4, 8. Now, your paper doesn't say this, write it down. Philippians 4, 8, because this is worth memorizing as a reference for matching your thoughts and not allowing thoughts in the bats. Don't allow these bats to roost in your mind because here's the filter, here's the reference, here's the match. If it doesn't match, don't put it on your portrait. You'll mess it up, okay? It'll get all over you and you'll have to get it covered up with the right color later. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. As you're scrolling through your scrolls and reading everything, use your reference. Don't keep reading if it's taking you down a path that is not this path, that is not these colors. When you're looking through your menu items for picking out which form of entertainment you're going to fill your mind with, use this reference as your filter. Don't go down that path. You've got to get really good at shutting that movie off when you realize, whoops, it's taking us somewhere else. Believers, Christians, you're terrible at this. That's why we're looking so much like the world. 
We would not look like the world if we weren't terrible at this. We need to get better at this so that we look like Jesus. Okay? This is so important. Because for our mental health, those thoughts are shaping us. And we've got to get better at testing what's going in and testing what's already in. And then we've got to figure out how to oust the bats. Okay? So, step number four, choose. Decide what to do with the thought. If it's true, keep it. If it's a lie, throw it out. <clears throat> Treat that negative thought, that bad thought, as an intruder breaking into your house, trying to steal stuff from you, or murder a family member. Get serious about ousting that intruder of your mind, okay? You need to arrest that thought. And how are you going to arrest that thought? With God's truth as handcuffs. So you got to get good at God's truth. Begin to be proactive getting good at God's truth because it's God's truth by which we are renewing our mind. Write this down because it's not on your outline. It's not on mine either. Romans 12, 2. Write it down because it's by renewing our mind that we are transformed. Arresting that thought, getting rid of that intruder, serving it eviction papers, because here's the thing, the reason why God's truth is handcuffs is God's truth is the authority. A lie is the counterfeit. The authority has power over the lie. Take authority over the lie, handcuff it, and serve it its papers, you are dismissed. Here's the wonderful thing about the human brain. Some of you are going to argue on this. The human brain is wonderful. It's limited. That's wonderful. Here's how it's limited. We can only focus intently on one thought at a time. You multitaskers, I know right now you're arguing with me already. I'm not talking about being on automatic in one thing and focusing on another. That's something different. I'm talking about intentionally focusing on a thought here and intentionally focusing on a thought here. You can't intentionally focus with a bat thought and intentionally focus with a God glory butterfly thought at the same time. You can go back and forth. And we go, whoa, it's messed me up. I'm kind of dizzy. All right? But we can't do both at the same time. So serve the bat, its eviction notice, by... Focusing on the good thought. Learn it, write it down, memorize it, speak it. That's how you put the handcuffs on it. And as you speak it, hold on to that thought. Then soon you'll fill your life with these thoughts that start to connect in a portrait of God's picture of the new you. Does this make sense? You're mixing the color of who you're becoming against the reference of Jesus. In order for that to happen, you have to renew your mind with the words of Jesus, with the words of God, and so that your thoughts become more closely associated with the good thoughts that come from God. It's how you find the missing piece, which is what this series is all about. 
Point number one is your thoughts have astonishing power over you. Point number two is but you can take power over your thoughts. Point number three is when you turn to the Lord as your helper. I want to make sure, crystal clear, I'm not teaching a self-help technique here. This can only take place when God, by His Spirit, is in your life because you have claimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And when the Spirit helps you with these tools, these weapons, these truths, it's transformative, it's supernatural, it's calling upon God to be your helper, and it works. Okay? And so we need to work it according to God's plan. Hebrews 13, 6 says, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. So ask the Lord to be your helper. Ask him to help you capture your thoughts, test your thoughts, and choose to think more like Jesus. To help you do that, now we're revisiting that video. Here is something on the screen that's telling us about a version five-day video-based reading, Bible reading plan for five days to support you in learning this technique. So on the screen, here it is. Write it down. Can you go there? There we go. Fighting negative thoughts. Look for that in the YouVersion Bible app. It's got a five-day set of videos. We just watched day one's video already, but you didn't do the readings yet, so you're not finished with day one. <laughs> okay? You can revisit the video, do the readings, and it doesn't take long, just a few minutes every day, and it'll support you for the next five days to start this thought habit, and I want you to do that. <sighs> I'm so glad you came today. I hope you were encouraged. Um, I want to uh, remind you of a few things before we dismiss today. First is if you're a guest, I'm glad you came. I hope that you fill out a Connect card, and as you go out, take your Connect card. It just takes a few seconds to fill out. Give it to the information table. We'd love to give you a gift bag, and it gives you a little bit more information. We want to make a connection with you and talk to you a bit further and just say, hey, um, if you need prayer, there's a prayer card to fill out. If you need prayer right now, in fact, a prayer team, would you go to the prayer team area to the left of the stage? And last but not least, Candy Palooza is coming to a close in the children's area right now. Parents, listen carefully. As soon as I finish praying, go directly to pick up your children. Because everybody's invited to go into the open house, but not until you have your child. You don't want to be the last one to get your child because everybody's going to wait, wanting to see this open house. But we need your kids to be released to you so that they're safe. And then we can all go into the children's area, which we don't allow until all kids are safe. Got it? Parents, you get it? So go directly from here, pick up your kids as soon as everybody's checked out, then everybody else, go see the new kids in big space. We are celebrating. We have completed that, all right? Let's pray together. Lord God, we do ask you to be our helper, to capture our thoughts, to test our thoughts, to choose between these thoughts, and help us to learn the practices we need to become more like Jesus. We look to you, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us, for giving us the power, giving us your word, giving us the tools and these weapons. Help us to utilize them. It's not enough to know about them, to carry them with us, to have them available at the tip of our tongue, shaping our mind. Help us, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week. <laughs>